All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. going to start reading at verse 16. No, we'll start reading at verse 14. Is everybody there? All right, let's, <clears throat> let's begin with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for giving us this time to gather together to hear from you, Lord, and to learn more about your word and get closer to you. And Lord, we pray that you will be in this fellowship, Lord, that you will guard our minds and our hearts, Lord, so that we can receive what you have to say to us. And Lord, we just praise you and we honor you today, Lord. We thank you so much for your presence. Lord, we thank you for just allowing us to be here and to be able to hear your unfiltered word, Lord. Lord, help us not to take these things for granted. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to start reading the fourth chapter of the book of Luke at verse 14. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, now, I just want to just stop right there. Uh, what happened before uh, what we're reading here was he was tempted by Satan. Uh, he was tempted. He had fasted and prayed for 40 days, and uh, he was tempted uh, by the devil, and he withstood that temptation. And this shows us what happens when we withstand temptation. We can return in the power of the Holy Spirit. We get this strength from God that the next time the enemy comes, we'll be able to withstand that as well, you see. And so that, that's something for us to understand, that he, he resisted temptation. Does everybody understand that? He submitted. The Bible says he was led into the wilderness. So he followed what he was led to do. He wasn't led by the devil. His father led him into the wilderness. And he was tempted after uh, his 40-day fast and, and uh, prayer. And because he withstood that, he was endued with power. Does everybody understand? Now that, that, that further proves the point that the Lord has spoke to us about that the Holy Ghost is given to those that obey. He did not have to be full of the Holy Spirit to obey and resist the devil. Just following, just submitted to God. 
You say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. Even if it don't make no sense, you're calling me out into this wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to pray and fast. But okay, if you lead me out here, this is where I go. And uh, he resisted temptation. And then it says in verse 14, and when he returned in the, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. Everybody see that? And so everybody want the power of God, but don't want to resist the devil to receive that power of God, you see. It says, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Everybody see that? That's where his fame began. Now it's important that we bring this out. One of the things he was tempted with was fame. <laughs> when you boil it all down, that's what the devil was telling him. I give you all the kingdoms of this world. If you just bow, he was going to be famous. He was going to be doing all kind of magic tricks. The devil knew that he had came for this world. And he knew that when he come to this world that the world didn't receive him. So the devil was saying, I give you all of this. If you'll just bow down, and you know he's still saying that to people today. Now you think about it, he come here rejected. He come here with folks trying to kill him before he even knew he existed in flesh. And you know, and, that, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> he was rejected as a child. And yet he grew up not having a point to prove. Does everybody understand? He was rejected as a child, and when the devil offered him all the kingdoms of the world, he refused it. He allowed God to promote him. Does everybody understand? He understood this world, this world is not mine. They, they've rejected me. But what did he pray at the end of his ministry? Father, I thank you because everything that you gave me is mine. I haven't lost one except the son of perdition. Does everybody understand? In other words, he was satisfied with what had been allotted to him. But when folks have been rejected during their childhood, they're going to grow up with something to prove. And that, that's what makes them hard-headed when they become adults. Because I'm going to figure it out on my own. But not this one. Everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. It says, and he taught, verse 15, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. So does everybody see that, what he said there? Notice he didn't say the spirit of God is in me. He said the spirit of God is upon me. When you anoint people with all, you're not making them drink it. You point it on them. Now we're just trying to show you that there's a difference there. It's all throughout the Bible. There's a difference between the Spirit of God being in you and upon you. 
So he's, he's, what he's saying is even though the Spirit of God was in him, that had nothing to do with it being upon him to do what he was called to do in this world. Everybody understand? Everybody see that? In other words, and you ain't got to be saved for the Spirit of God to come up on you. But his, his, his spirit won't dwell in an unclean temple. Does everybody understand? All right, let's go and keep reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me <clears throat> to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the accept acceptable year of the Lord. <clears throat> so if the Lord wills, that's what we're going to be talking to you about today. Bruised and brokenhearted. He says in his word that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. That's part of your salvation. Everybody see that? He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Now, how was he going to be sent to heal the brokenhearted if he couldn't get over a whole generation of children being killed because of him? The target was him. How many of you know that story? Yeah, the, the, the king of his time, King Herod, had sent his generals and his army to kill, to slay a whole generation of children because they did not want the king, the new king to be born and, and to live in this earth. Slew a whole generation of children. The same thing that's going on today. Same thing that's going on today. Your king has did the same thing. Your natural king, this government, doing the same thing. Killing prophets before they ever get a chance to prophesy. Everybody, you do know that's what it is, that's what it's about, don't you? killing a whole generation of children before they ever get a chance to proclaim Jesus' name. Everybody understand that? Yeah, you know that's what that's about. It's, yeah, and nothing new under the sun, you see. And so he, he says that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Now you know for you to be used by God in that manner, you can't be brokenhearted yourself. And we're going to explain these two things uh, very clearly today. That he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. And, and look at what he says. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. Bruised and brokenhearted. <clears throat> now let me explain the difference between the two. <clears throat> a brokenhearted person is a person who at one point was attached to something with their heart, with their feelings, with all of their mind and, and the, their heart and all of that, and got disappointed in the situation that they were attached to. Now, one of the most amazing things today, uh, it is very, very hard. <clears throat> this person that is brokenhearted, that means that they are hurt to their soul. And when people are brokenhearted, their decisions are based, based off of their broken heart. Things, the, the decisions that they would have made before the broken heart, they no longer able to grasp that 
now I, I make a decision because of my broken heart. And the problem is we got a lot of people who are just like what they call functioning alcoholics. They are functioning heartbroken people. Just living life, just heartbroken. And, and you're usually, you can usually tell because they run folks away when, whenever people try to get too close to them. They may, you know, uh, muster up the courage to get married at some point, but even in that, they're guarded. They, don't, they can't just love freely. Relationships just don't come just naturally to them. It's, they have to go out of their way to, to call somebody. Because I'm scared I'm going to get hurt. Oh, I've, I've shut myself up. And, this is, and the crazy part is, it was years ago that, they were, they, that their hearts were broken, or, or what, we, what you can call disappointed, but they've gotten so used to being the way they are, they think that that's the way they've always been. Everybody see that? You think about what the Lord said, except you become as a little child. That means he's not talking about in knowledge as far as you don't know anything or you having to learn stuff. He's talking about your heart condition. And you know, we, and we as adults, we grow up and we train our children with our same broken heart. We, they grow up, they ain't been broken hearted about anything except taking on yours. They don't know anything about stranger danger. That's, that's adult mess. Does everybody understand? We tell our children, well, don't you go to strangers. Don't you go with strangers. That's, that's your junk. <laughs> Does everybody understand? I don't believe everybody that's living is a pedophile. <laughs> Does everybody understand? I don't believe that. And what happens is we put our mistrust on our children and we think we're doing them a favor. From, from day one, we teaching them not, don't trust anybody. You can't, don't, don't, don't trust no man. The Bible says don't trust no man. It says don't put your trust in man. And, and now let me explain what that's talking about. That's talking about in the place of God. God wouldn't tell you not to trust man and then sit around and send men to preach. Amen. Does everybody understand? We can find all kinds of scriptures to safeguard our broken hearts. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you think God would tell you to don't trust man? Because right? they'll let you down every time. But I'm going to send them to preach to you. You believe what they say. <laughs> and some of us in here, that, was, that have been our mantra. Oh, God, you trust no man. How are you going to get through life not trusting anybody? You're going to be a miserable somebody. Uh, we need to get back to what it really is, is a broken heart. You've been disappointed. That don't mean everybody's out to break your heart. Now, the thing to do is to... to, to the first thing that, to help heal that broken heart is to realize the part that you played in your brokenheartedness. Does everybody understand? Realize the part that you played in it, if there was a part that you played in it. Realize the part that you played in it. 
Everybody understand? Now, the Lord knows that we, we, we're going to go through life and we're going to have disappointments and things like that. But that's what he's here for. Now, I'm going to tell you, a lot of times our disappointments is because of we set our own selves up. Does everybody understand? You don't, you don't have a right to cry out to God about how somebody did you wrong and God didn't tell you to be with them. You just need to come back to the point of, Lord, I should, I'm the one that put myself out there. And I did it without acknowledging you. Amen. Everybody understand? <laughs> this whole world is committing suicide. It's just slow. Some people put a bullet through their mouth, and some people live 80 years doing the same thing. The bullet is just slowly traveling. And that, that is the case with broken-hearted people. They're going to spend their whole life with, listen, once you take on a broken heart and you don't allow the Lord to heal you, you are living a slow suicide. God has created us to be social beings, to brush up against people, to hug people, to get to know people, to love on people and to receive love. But how can God heal you? How can God help you? If you've closed off and you don't, number one, acknowledge your part, if there is a part, acknowledge your part in the brokenhearted situation. Does everybody understand? So I think it's very interesting that the Lord tells us that he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. So that brokenhearted person, that's the individual, they have gotten their heart involved in a situation and they had an expectation and it did not work out the way they thought it was going to work out. And I'm telling you, the world is full of people. Now, listen, you don't have to blow to God for the devil want to bruise you and to hurt you. Just the fact that you're made in his image, that's enough. And he does that because he knows, look, I can't stop you from getting saved. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's the way it is. But I can tell you what, before you get saved, I can hurt you. And I can render you ineffective because a hurt Christian is an ineffective Christian. You ain't going to preach to nobody. Not the true gospel. Everybody understand? I've, I've had people approach this ministry. You know, they, they hear me preach against different things that go on in the churches and stuff like that. And I, listen, that's not... Oh, <laughs> We want to be known for preaching the word. You know, backslidden churches isn't my target. <laughs> Everybody understand? I, I could spend from here till Jesus come back preaching against what I've seen in backslidden churches, but that's not my calling. I just preach the word, and sometimes backslidden churches just end up being in it, but that's not my target. But we've had people approach us, Brother Bowden, I'm glad you preached that, or, you know, and send emails. You need to preach more on that, you know, because it's all kind of, and I know it's coming from a place of hurt. And I'm quick to say, brother or sister, you need to go somewhere and heal from that church hurt. Because they'll spend the rest of their life talking about how raggedy a church is, but what about what condition is your soul in? That raggedy church ain't got nothing to do with you and your relationship with God. So you see, I'm, I'm saying that broken hearts come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Uh, no doubt people have joined churches and they've seen stuff they shouldn't have seen 
they witness things that shouldn't be going on in church. But what does that have to do with your relationship with God? Everybody understand? Brother Julia told me this story. <laughs> he said he was sitting on the side of a brother, uh, and he was trying to tell a brother, brother, you need to give your life to the Lord and, and uh, get, get in church and, and, you know, live for the Lord with your whole heart. And uh, the brother told him, well, I ain't going to be no hypocrite. I ain't going to be like a lot of these people in churches. I ain't going to be no hypocrite. And brother and I, if you know Brother Junior, you know he ain't, he wasn't gonna, you know, he, he just said whatever the Lord told him to say. And he said, what's the difference between y'all both going to hell? <laughs> if you ain't in church and you ain't living for the Lord, you going to the same hell the hypocrites are going to. And the devil will get you one way or the other. <laughs> Does everybody understand? Y'all both disobeying God. <laughs> so the world is full of folks that's been done gone through church hurt they don't seen stuff go on that shouldn't go on and they and really they taking it out on god and they don't know it you see now that's that is the thing about broken-hearted people they really they take it out on god and you'll know them when you see them because the decisions they make are based on their heart and how it has been affected does everybody understand? Now you, I, you know, I'm very observant when it comes to things like this. And sometimes the Lord has showed me stuff that you wouldn't think had to do with anything. But I'm just going to share this, just this with you, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. A broken-hearted person it, don't really want to be led. Because at some point, they walked into a situation that disappointed them, and they vowed in their hearts, I won't walk into that again. I will not play the fool, which equals to them, I'm going to make my own decisions. No longer will I be led by my heart. No longer will I just walk into something blindly. I'm going to do all kind of research. Everybody understand? So just on the, on the just naturally so, a broken-hearted person don't want to be led. That's, that's the reason why women can be contentious. They don't come here that way. The devil hurts them and burns them before they get married, and then when they get married, they get married getting a divorce. So just something just real simple. You know, there had been times that we've had rehearsal, where we rehearse songs. And whoever may be teaching a song can say, okay, this is how the tune goes. You sing it like this. And then, uh, but people are singing it completely different. And you say, no, 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 you sing it like this. This is the way I want it sung. But, but there's do it completely different. That is a telltale sign of a broken heart. Don't want to be led. They already got their minds made up of how the tune is going to go. And this, okay, so I, yeah, I hear you. Okay, I got it now. I'm going to sing it like And then sing it completely different. A broken heart. Does everybody understand? Why? Because a broken heart has got its mind made up of how things are going to play out in their life. And they don't realize when you're broken hearted and you don't allow the Lord to heal you, you're just going to keep making mistakes and get more broken hearted as you continue to go down that road. 
You set yourself up for more disappointment when you're trying to leave, lead your own life and live your own life without any kind of godly counsel. Now, I tell you, one of the hardest things to do is to convince somebody that they are heartbroken. Let me make this clear. Moving on does not equal healed. Does everybody understand? Yeah, you may have moved on. It's been years since that happened. I moved on. I don't want to be with them anymore. I don't care about it anymore. That don't equal heals. And, he, and, and this is always my litmus test for people that I've talked to and counseled about this. How were you before the situation? So if you, everybody understand? So you have this hump here. How were you before the situation versus how are you after the situation? Does everybody understand? Does everybody understand that? If you can see a difference, now you know for the most part, if you, in, uh, and we don't want to just limit this to relationships, but we'll use this as an example. How were you when you first got into a relationship before you ever was intimate with anybody? Just wet behind the ears, I believe whatever you say, you love me, okay, I believe that. Because people don't lie, no, no. who just lies? But things don't work out and you get feel like you've been used and all of that after the, all of this stuff is, you're doing that's not, you know, according to God's word. And so what happens? Can you are, are you able to be the same individual on the other side? If not, then that shows that you're broken hearted. Does everybody understand? If there's a difference between how you were before then and listen, and what folks do is they put down God's wisdom. They don't, they don't say, okay, you know what, I shouldn't have done that because it wasn't according to God's word. I should have waited to marriage and all of that. They don't do that. I'm going to just be more careful about who I date and who I sleep with. And 10 men down the road still in the same junk. Everybody understand? The devil got all uh, a million personalities for you to sleep with that's different from the first. So you can't use that as a as you know your fail safe. Well, this one he didn't have a good relationship with his mama, so I should have known he wasn't gonna treat me right. And then you see one boy, mama carrying him across the street and got her in his in, in his lap. Well, yeah, now you the one for me. <laughs> Still a <the> devil. <laughs> Everybody understand. Yeah, the devil got a million personalities for you to sleep with. <laughs> and to continue to get your heart broke until you acknowledge God and get where God wants you to be. Does everybody understand that? So that's the broken heart. So now let's get on the bruised. The bruised is surface level. That's not something that gets to a person's heart, but they hurt just the same. Does everybody understand? So what is a bruise? Some people, they bruise easily, especially, can, can, you know, they, they bruise easily and you're able to see those bruises easy on certain individuals. So what is a bruise? A person that have been smacked or whatever 
on their skin. And what happens is, what causes the bruise, in other words, the discoloring, is the, are the blood vessels that have been broken right underneath the skin. But see, it all leads to the heart. So people, so the Lord covered them both. The brokenhearted, in other words, situations where your heart was truly involved, and then bruises where you just bumped into somebody out in public that you didn't know, but they still hurt you nonetheless. Somebody who you're not attached to, and people make this mistake of thinking, well, you know what, I ain't, I ain't got to live with you, I ain't, whatever. Hey, what you do don't affect me because I ain't got to live with you. But that don't stop you from being hurt. Everybody understand? You can, you, you can have, you know, children can be cruel. And, and, you know, the devil set people up from childhood. How many of you dealt with bullies growing up? It's sent by the devil. Sent by the devil. Designed to bruise you. You might not have been in love with the bully, but you're going you gonna to live according to their doctrine. You, you, let a, you let somebody full of the devil call a little girl chubby. Everybody hear me? Uh, you, you let her just, just, be, just have a little meat on her bones and get called chubby at 10 years old. At 13 years old, at 14, when she leave the house, she's going to put on the tightest stuff she can find. Because she's going to prove I look good in my body. I, my body looks good. That's a bruised individual. You weren't in love with the person that called you chubby, but you got a point to prove. Does everybody understand? And I'm telling you, grown folks, 40, 50 years old, still living according to the doctrine of the 10-year-old. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? Still living according to the, I'm not going to let people control me, except that 10 years old you were called chubby and you still trying to put on tight clothes. Yeah, somebody is controlling you. Bruised. Look at what, how the Lord said it. To set at liberty them that are bruised. In other words, to free you. You are exactly the way I wanted you to be made. Your body, I didn't make your body to look like what Hollywood wanted to look like. And I'm telling you, as, as, I mean, the devil gets really in there, especially with young ladies. Especially with girls. Does everybody understand? She'll, she'll live the rest. If, if you don't allow the Lord to heal you, you'll live the rest of your life living according to the doctrine of some 10-year-old bully. With something to prove. Does everybody understand? And that's not God's will. So one of the one of the things the hardest one of the hardest things to do is to get somebody to acknowledge that they are hurt. That's that's a very, very hard thing to do to get people to acknowledge, you know, I am hurt. That situation really affected me. And the danger of it is, is the further that, the further you move away from it, the less you are aware of the hurt, and the more you think, I've gotten over it. 
Moving on, again, does not equal being healed. Just because you've moved on, you don't want to ever be with that person again or whatever the case is, that don't equal healed. Can you be the same exact person you were before you met them? And I'm telling you, this whole world, when I was growing up, we call it fronting. This whole world is full of people that's fronting. How many of you know what that means? You, you've put on something. You're pretending. And you, you know when folks are hurt, you know, I mean, and hurt to their soul because they live their whole life pretending. It's all about what people think about them. They can't hardly stand to be around folks. Nobody can look at them in a certain way because they're wondering, they're thinking automatically, well, yeah, I know you don't like me. That's why you're looking at me that way. It, their, their world, when somebody is hurt and brokenhearted, they put themselves on this pedestal and they make themselves God and everything is about them. It's about how you looking at me. I can't wear this, you know, twice in a row. I don't want people to think this or that way. And people got their own world to live in, not yours, their own world. Everybody understand? You become, listen, that self-conscious person is a God to themselves. That's everybody understand. Do you know for you to think that everybody's looking at you, you got to be, have to think that you're more than other people, that you have, have put yourself on a pedestal for everybody to look at you? If you're humble and you're low, you know I'm down in the crowd. I'm way down in the valley. Ain't nobody looking down here. So that's the, one of the traits of the brokenhearted. Pride keeps people from being healed because they don't want to confess it. A person that's brokenhearted, pride causes them to leave the scene of the disappointment without being healed. Does everybody understand? Years ago, there was this boxing match. I can't remember. I think it was Zab Judah. It was boxing. And he wasn't used to getting knocked down or knocked out for that matter. And he was fighting an opponent that he was supposed to beat, according to the numbers. And this guy caught him with a good shot and knocked him down. How many of you know what fight I'm talking about? Caught him with a shot and knocked him down. Now, the thing in boxing is this. When you get knocked down and shocked like that, you stay down for at least a count of five or whatever and get your bearings about yourself. It ain't going to kill you to stay down there for a few seconds and then get up and make sure you know who you are. But pride wouldn't let them do that. I got hit and knocked down by somebody that I was supposed to beat. So you know what he did? As soon as he touched canvas, he jumped right back up, except he didn't have his bearing. And when he got up and stood on his feet, he ran into the ropes on this side, and then he, he went to the other side of the ring trying to catch his bearing. And when, the, and when that happened, the referee waved the fight off. That's it. This is a TKO. And he got upset, and he went and shoved the referee and put his fist up in the referee's face and was fined. Now, him being a veteran 
in boxing, he should have known what his fault was. But he took it out on the referee, and the referee was just doing his job. And that is what people do when they first get stunned. See, I'm not hurt. I'm brushing myself off. Instead of, Lord, let me sit down somewhere and get healed. Let me stay down for five seconds. That's what makes people, after they get out of one relationship, they jumping right into the next. They don't know they're damaged. They don't know they're hurt, and they're trying to prove, see, I'm worthy of a relationship. This one didn't work, but I'm going to get into another, and I'm going to show you that I'm worthy to be in a relationship, that I'm worthy of marriage or whatever the case is, except it don't get better. It only gets worse as you continue to leave, live that life. Does everybody understand? Some folks that's living, a lot of people that's living today, the they need a timeout. Let me recalibrate. Let me figure out what went wrong. Let me figure out, ask the Lord to heal my heart so that I don't go out being damaged even more than what I already am. What do you sisters think it is that make you love your husband with your whole heart and yet can't submit to him? He can't say something in an authoritative voice without you getting mad about it. But you love him. I want you to see that, that double life there, how your actions push him away, but your heart, you know, I don't want him to go away. What do you think it is but a broken heart? To love somebody, but in actions, push them away. And you'll go through that over and over and over again until you sit down and acknowledge, number one, that you've been hurt, and number two, ask the Lord, Lord, will you please heal my heart so that I can act like I got some sense? Does it make sense to push people away that love you? Does everybody understand? That is a broken heart that does that. I love you. I don't want you to go away. But I'm too broken hearted to let you all the way in. And some people will go before the judge and divorce before they cry out to their husbands or wife or whatever. You know what? I love you and I don't want to see you gone. Does everybody understand? Broken hearted people don't want to be vulnerable. And God did not call you to live a life outside of that. When you love people, love automatically equals vulnerability. Does everybody understand? When people live outside of a live out of a broken heart, their decisions reflect that. Does everybody understand that? They they make decisions, and to everybody else, it don't make any sense. I don't know what in the world you got going on. What are you doing? I'm just living out of my broken heart. That's all. I'm just doing. I'm. They they get into survival mode. I just I'm just trying to survive. And God didn't come that you can survive. He come that you may have life. And not only life, but have it more abundantly. But how can you live an abundant life with a broken heart that, and you haven't been healed? And I'm telling you, you I, I can spot him a mile away. I can spot him a mile away. When you broken heart, you shut down. I don't care how friendly you try to be. You, you, the devil will have you operating on one of two extremes. You either shut down or you're overly the other way, getting on people's nerves. 
Everybody understand? But if you're healed, you're in the middle. Broken-hearted people, they're going to be the loudest person in the room and want to be seen, or they're going to be out incognito, and I, don't, I hope ain't nobody looking at me. Everybody understand? Broken-hearted people, they live with torment. Does everybody understand that? They operate in fear of what could be or what might happen instead of just living life. You listen, you can't control what other people do. I don't care how you try, I don't care what you try, you can't control the actions of other people. The best thing you can do is allow God to steer you around the people that he wants you to be around. But brokenhearted people, they see it all the same. Everybody's out to get me. I can't trust anybody. Can't love anybody. Can't let folks know how nice I am. Now, what do you think that looked like at 50 and 60 years old? Single. Bitter. Everybody understand? That person that's withdrawn into themselves, they're bitter somebody. And, and then the, the social butterfly that's out there just socializing, still bitter. Everybody understand? <laughs> Let's see how we deal with that. Let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs. We're going to start reading at verse 20. Is everybody there? It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of what? And this is God telling us, you, we keep his words in the midst of our hearts. Let's go and keep reading. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all what? Diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. People live life according to what's in their heart. The decisions they make, the way they think about things is based on what's in their heart. Does everybody see that? That's what that's talking about. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. The decisions that you make, the way you live, the way you process what people are saying to you is based on what's in your heart. Does everybody understand? You can have a young man who's really saved and full of the Holy Ghost, he could ask a woman out on a date and say, sister, you know, would you, would you like to go out and get coffee with me? 
<laughs> you know if she's here? Oh, so you trying to sleep with me? No, what's, what does coffee have to do with that? I'm trying to stay awake. That's why I asked you about coffee. But a, a broken heart, a, a, a poison heart, everybody's sleep, trying to sleep with them. Everybody just after just whatever. Everybody's out to get me. That's the broken heart. Now, here's the thing about the broken heart. It don't just perceive wrong. It lives wrong. Does everybody understand? Because the way you perceive in things is what you're going to live out of yourself. So you may say, well, I ain't trying to sleep with nobody. I'm saving myself for the Lord. But you got a nasty attitude. Does everybody understand? The same thing, you, you're in the same boat that the, as the one that you think is trying to sleep with you, if that's the case. Same boat, nasty attitude, <laughs> fornication, it's all going to hell. I told you, the devil gets you on one end or the other if you're not in the middle. Does everybody understand that? Look at what he says, verse 23. Keep thy heart. Everybody understand that? Everybody see that? He said to do what? Keep your heart. Keep it. Notice he didn't say put a build a wall up around it. You know what he's saying? Don't get offended. If you've been hurt, allow the Lord to heal you. That's what he come here to do. Does everybody understand? I, you know, if a person, how many of you have ever been hurt to your heart? <clears throat> now let's think about all of us that raised our hands. Let's think about how many years ago that was. You think about the person that hurt you to your heart, the first person that hurt you to your heart or whatever the situation was. And think about how many years ago that was. Do you know that if you don't allow the Lord to heal you or if the Lord has not healed you, then every individual you come across, you're going to deal with them like the first person? Everybody's the first person. I, I hope that hits home to us. Everybody is the first person if the Lord has not healed you. A young man that have been hurt by his father, ain't nobody, not nobody tell me what to do. Does everybody understand? I'm going to prove that I'm stubborn. I'm not going to ask for counsel about nothing. Everybody understand? Why? Because everybody your daddy. Everybody slept with your mama and, and, and ran. <laughs> Does everybody understand? So this tells us to keep our hearts. It is not fair to individuals you come across to be treated like somebody you ran across 20 years ago. It's not fair for you to give them a chance, and it's also, also not fair to you to receive from that individual what you're supposed to receive. Does everybody understand that? Let's go and keep reading. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are what? The issues of what? Life. This, you're going to live your life based on what's in your heart. 
Now, we have to keep hammering that home. Think about all the bad decisions that you've made. That was based on what was in your heart. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 24, put away from thee a fraud mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Why? Because that just adds to it. How many of you know that? The more you talk about it, the worse it gets. If you heard about something, ask, Lord, ask the Lord to heal you. Nobody gets healed talking, just continuing to talk about a situation or keeping it in your heart. So the first thing you do is shut, if you got a broken heart, shut your mouth. Don't, don't say nothing. Just ask the Lord to heal you. In other words, why? Because a broken heart changes your conversation. Everybody understand? Verse 25, let thine eyes look what? Right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Everybody see that? He's saying don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. Look ahead. You, better, you had your heart broke when you were 15, 16 years old. Don't look back at that. Ask the Lord to heal you of it and look forward to who God is going to send you. Amen. Does everybody understand? God don't want to send somebody in your life with you comparing them to what somebody else did. Or how good or how bad the other situation was. Listen, a person with a broken heart, when they've been broken in, in relationships or whatever, you know what they'll do? When they get married or they get with somebody, even if it's Jesus Christ himself, they're going to be looking, no. My ex used to chew his food like that. <laughs> Everybody understand? Now, I know it wasn't nobody but the Lord that told me to look at you today. Well, why are you eating? <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> That's the way they're going to live. They're going to always compare the new individual to what they saw Everybody understand? So that's what he's saying here. Look ahead. How a person's chewing ain't got nothing to do with how they're going to treat you. You know people do all that silly. And what's, what's crazy is they're detached. They, they might not even know what, what the connection is. All they know is, no, I got to get away from you because I've seen something familiar. I don't know what it is about you. You know why you don't know what it is about them? It's because you have moved on without being healed. Somewhere deep in your brain, the devil have planted something. Everybody understand? And if for nothing else, you do it for the sake of Jesus Christ. Allow the Lord to heal you so you can help somebody else. If you hurt, you can't help other people. It, it, it ain't nothing worse than a bunch of hurt women sitting around, a bunch of hurt men sitting around conversating and, and keeping each other in that hurt. And they, people have, I call them hand meetings, but they are hurt meetings. People sit around and talk about stuff. You know, I, you know how, how's your husband, how's your man treating you? I wouldn't be treated like that. And that's the reason why you've been single for 20 years. Because you ain't going to be treated like nothing. Everybody understand? I, I want nothing. <laughs> we all got to get treated some kind of way. 
Does everybody understand? <laughs> Folks are scared of love. Just because it went bad, that, that don't mean anything. Everybody understand? You know, it is possible for two good people not to get along, for two good people just not to be meant for one another. That don't make the other person a devil and you John the Baptist. Everybody understand? Yeah, that don't, that don't make them the devil. <laughs> uh, that's just the way I see it. We just weren't meant for one another, that's all. And that's the way you got to see it. Verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be what? Established. You know what I mean when they say part of the path of thy feet? Look at how you're walking. If you want to know whether or not you've really guarded your heart or really kept your heart, look at, how, look at your behavior. Look at the steps that you are taking in life. Does it make sense? Does everybody understand? So even if you've gotten far removed from the hurt to realize that you're hurt, look at the decisions that you're making. Look at your progress. Are you progressing in the right direction? If not, that's a telltale sign of a broken heart. Does everybody understand that? Look what he says. And let all thy ways be established. Verse 27. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from what? evil because that's what happens when people are broken hearted. They become the same individual that broke, that broke their hearts. They become that same individual. Does everybody understand? And that's not God's will. Broken hearted people it's like they smothering and don't know it. They're being deprived of oxygen. Do you know that's what caused heart attacks? How many of you know that? A heart attack is caused because your, your heart is not getting the oxygen that it's supposed to get. And it suffers. And what happens is one of the chambers in your heart just stops, stops working the way it's supposed to. That's what a heart attack is. It ain't the clogged arteries as much. Does everybody understand? Okay, so let's say, for instance, what is a clogged artery? When, when, when the artery is clogged, that means blood ain't getting to the heart the way it's supposed to. What does blood bring to the heart? Oxygen. So the heart is suffocating. That's what happens when folks close themselves off and they got, clo they got clogged arteries. Does everybody understand that? And they begin, and they begin to act a certain way. They just—you you would think, if you know them personally, you would think they're just the most evil person in the world. When it's really they're just brokenhearted, and they need to be healed. And the devil is out there even today, breaking the hearts of people or causing people to get into situations where their heart is going to be broken. If the devil can't kill you, he won't at least stagnate you to where you can't live for God the way you're supposed to. Most of you, you've heard me talk about my daddy and 
you know, we talked about his life and in that message, everything God does is good. Some years ago, I was talking with a, a friend of mine's wife. And uh, she was telling me about my brother, you know, and, and the one that was killed. And she was talking about my daddy and, you know, and how she remember what she remembered about him. And uh, she was saying, you know, she said, I've always thought that your brother's death is what kills your daddy. I said, how so? She said, you know, your daddy died within two years, uh, basically a year and a half of your brother dying. She said, and I, I just always thought that that, that that had to do with that. And then I began to think, after just a few days, my brother was killed on November 27th uh, of 1979. My birthday was December 6th. And I remember that birthday, the, the main thing I remember about it is my daddy bought me a Mickey Mouse watch. And I remember having a birthday party and sitting at the head of the table and all my little friends sitting around the table. And I remember him sitting up against the wall in the dining room, but not smiling. And, I, you know, being young like that, you're not, you're not putting events together, if that make any sense. But, you know, being older now, I remember just a few days before then, being in the, in the passenger seat on the side of my daddy and him pulling up the people's houses and honking his horn and them coming out and him asking, what happened to my boy? Talking about Donna Ray. And I just remember after my brother was killed, his demeanor changed. Before then, he was a happy-go-lucky person. And maybe he smiled after that. Maybe he got it, had his moments after that. But I just, I just remember his countenance dropping. And I, I remember when I was young, I asked my mother when, when, it, when I was finally... I was told, yes, Donald Ray was your brother, because nobody told me that. I just figured he was. But when it was established to me that really that was your blood brother, I asked my mother, so when Donald Ray was killed, did, dad, did daddy cry? And she said, no, he didn't cry. She said, but he was hurt. And, and I can tell you, from my own experience, and I think we may have done a, a, a message about this, God put tears on the inside of you to help you to release what you need to release. Some folks just need to get somewhere and cry out to God and have a good cry about whatever situation they've been in. Because some folks ain't mourned it yet. Everybody understand? And you could spend your whole life trying not to cry and then be mad at the world. You know, people really do die literally with broken hearts. You see those couples that have been married for 50 years? One of them die, and then within the next year, the other one's gone too. I could not imagine. I imagine those of you in here who are married, I couldn't imagine my life without my wife. I can tell you this. If the Lord came and took her first, I wouldn't want to live another 50 years unless it was just God's will. I'd be happy to go. Everybody understand? People, but not with a broken heart, but people leave here with broken hearts. Now you think about it. So you may have removed yourself from the situation that broke your heart, but you will live your life. You might live another 60 years after the incident, but are you living with a broken heart? Are you still suffering from that? Everybody understand? Have you really grieved the way you were supposed to about the situation and just gave it over to God? 
How many of you ever experienced that something hurt you to, to the core and you cried about it and, and that crying helped you to heal from it? Everybody see that? So the Holy Ghost, when you cry, the Holy Ghost ain't saying, you punk, I'm going to get out of you. I ain't, you, ain't, you ain't living for me with all that crying. You dry them tears and go preach somewhere. Crying is natural. Grieving is natural. And what happens, whatever it was that stung you and that broke your heart, if you're still broken heart about it, it's because you've made a God out of it. Does everybody understand? You want to really let it go? Ask the Lord to heal you of it. But you first have to come to the conclusion, I was really hurt. And sometimes confessing that you were really hurt, you have to also confess, I made a dumb decision. Does everybody understand that? So that was something that I thought about over, just over the years. How I saw his countenance change. Like just, it just seemed like he just, you know, just was not the same happy-go-lucky person. Now he wasn't mistreating us. But I could, you could just clearly see that that affected him. And you know, a broken-hearted person is, is something on the inside of them. It's, to, me, it's, uh, to me, a person that's broken-hearted, to me it's like the devil got a string just pulling them down to the grave and they don't realize it. Some years ago, the same lady that was telling me this, my friend's uh, wife, I had a dream about her mother. And in that dream, I saw this lady, and the Lord told me, you go talk to her. Now, she was an older lady. She was old enough to be my mother. She was about my mother's age. So you go talk to her. Now, I ain't never had a conversation with this lady outside of just speaking to her when I saw her. He said, you go talk to her because the devil's trying to kill her. And I didn't know anything about her personal life, you know, just, just like that. You know, that was back when youngins didn't know anything about grown folks' business, see. So I called my friend, and I was telling him about what the Lord showed me. And uh, I found out some things. And I went and, and I went and, you know, if you can imagine, I, I'm telling you, it ain't easy being a servant of the Lord. You imagine, to, to me, this lady was a stranger. I ain't never had no conversation. She don't know anything about me being a minister. But I have to go to her house and knock on her door. Is, is sister so-and-so here? Yeah, she's back there in the room, her grandchildren. Yeah, she's back there in the room. Can I talk to her? She come out of the room in a nightgown in the middle of the day. That's one thing. She come out. She stood in the middle of the living room like this, and she scratched her leg. I said, Sister so-and-so, the Lord sent me here to tell you the devil's trying to kill you. You're brokenhearted. And he told me to tell you, you've given up on life, and he's still got stuff for you to do. And I, and I had to tell her, if you don't come out of that, the devil's going to have your life. He's going he, to take your life before it's time. You may go to heaven, but you'll go there brokenhearted. You won't, you won't live out your life the way you're supposed to. Now, you need to come out of that. Hey, I'm talking to somebody that's old enough to be my mother. 
She said, okay, okay. She turned on back, you know, just turned on back and walked away. If folks that are broken hearted, they'll walk like it. Folks that are broken hearted, they're the ones not dressing up in the middle of the day like they got somewhere to go. They're in their nightgown all day. Don't mind being in their, I ain't got nowhere to go, I ain't got no hope. Everybody understand? And she was dead the next year. This same lady is in a movie, The Apostle. It's, but for those of you that watched it, she's in that movie. So the Lord had some stuff for her to do, you see. But she just gave up on life. And I found out later, uh, she, of course she had went through some heartaches like most of us do, but uh, her husband had, her and her husband had separated and divorced eventually. And that did something to her. She was on dialysis and she had just stopped taking it. Just, you know, just show up with, to the dialysis appointments when she felt like it. And then if I don't feel like it, oh well, what I got to live for? I found out from somebody else that this lady, she was blown to a church and the Lord was using her to speak in tongues. And every time she got up to speak in tongues in a meeting, the pastor would make her sit down because he didn't believe in people speaking in tongues. That was the first one. So the, the devil took her purpose. She should have went and found somewhere, but folks can be so stuck in one church, I ain't going nowhere else. And once the devil siphoned your purpose away from you, it's, it's downhill from there. It ain't going to be nothing now for me to send you somebody you ain't supposed to be with in the first place, and they break your heart. It ain't going to be nothing for me to strike you with kidney problems. Everybody understand? So I had to tell that lady, you know, and you, you've heard me talk about her, her granddaughter, my friend's daughter that died. So when we buried her, her grave was right. They were close together. You see, the devil gets you one way or the other. And that's why it's important. You get over those broken hearts. Allow the Lord to heal you. You have to know you're on a decline in life. Does everybody understand? I don't care how broken-hearted people, they can be just as successful, have all the money in the bank, and go home and still be burdened down. Why? Because money don't heal broken hearts. That's where that, where that come from. Money don't buy happiness? It don't. Jesus Christ bought your happiness, and he got it in his hand if you're willing to take it. So years ago when I first started preaching, I got into a relationship with a young lady. We were both stationed in California. And at some point, she got stationed somewhere else. And I didn't, I didn't know about it. She had left and didn't tell me, but I thought we were in a relationship. So I remember sitting on that base at a computer doing some work. And I'm telling you now, if you, my heart was broken. I, I was really hurt. And I remember sitting at that computer and I'd asked the Lord, now this was my prayer, Lord, I put myself in this situation. I, I didn't ask you whether or not this was your will, I didn't ask you. But I can tell you this, I, if, if I'm your servant, I know that I can't be effective as your minister if I'm sitting here with a broken heart. I don't want to preach out of hurt. 
And I say, Lord, it, I know it ain't your fault. I know what I'm feeling right now. You had nothing to do with it. This is my fault. But I'm asking you for your sake and for the sake of this ministry, which belongs to you. I'm asking you to take this hurt away from me. And just like that, it was gone. To me, it was like the girl, she might as well had not existed. That's how I know God heals broken hearts. Does everybody understand? That's how I know he heals broken hearts, because he healed mine. Everybody understand? And so from that point to this, I've been able to rub against people and get bruised and just go on with life, and the Lord healed the bruise. I've gotten myself in situations, had heartbreaks and breaks and all of that, but I asked the Lord after every situation, Lord, make, I want to make sure my heart is right. Everybody understand? Why? Because I cannot be an effective minister of the Lord if I'm brokenhearted. I'm going to preach from that broken heart. I'm going to put my junk on you. Everybody understand? Whole ministries, whole ministries are started with people that have church hurt. And their whole mission is like, in life is to prove that every Christian is a hypocrite. That's the way you operate if you're brokenhearted. Or you could say, you know what, Lord? I was blind. Help me to pull some folks out of that fire as well. We were all on our way to hell at some point. Everybody understand? Uh, you might not have been in church playing church, but you were in the same condition. You see? So everybody understand? You're brokenhearted. It, it taints the way you perceive things. It'll make you think every church, every church building. I'm, I'm telling you, folks that are brokenhearted, a church building is the devil to them. They're going to be the main ones. Well, God is outside. He ain't in them four walls. You can't limit him. Okay, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> I promise you, we know. But you can't negate what that word says in the book of Hebrews. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Does everybody understand? So no, he don't dwell in buildings made with hands, temples made with hands, but he dwell here. And them same folks, they're saying, well, God don't dwell in them four walls. They going to work somewhere. They ain't mad at the work building. It's got hypocrites there too, but they right there working on the side of them. <laughs> Everybody understand? Yeah, the devil everywhere. Not just in these four walls. <laughs> Everybody understand that? So you see why it's important to heal? Just because you get burned don't mean you have to stay burned. The Lord wants people to walk in their deliverance. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the word that you've spoken to us today. Lord, we ask that you will allow this word to be planted in our hearts, Lord, and help us to hold on to it. All right, everyone that think that they ha that are brokenhearted, stand up. Everybody else, keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Lord, right now, we pray for everyone that stood up, Lord. 
who are acknowledging right now that they're brokenhearted, that they are bruised. Lord, I pray that you will heal their broken hearts today. Lord, I pray that you will recognize their faith to stand up, Lord. And I pray, just like you've done for me that day sitting at my computer, I ask that you do the same thing for them, Lord. I ask that you will release the grip of the enemy from their life so that they can live according to your word the way you've called them to live, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will help them to forgive themselves and to forgive who it may have been that have hurt them or the situation that they may have come from. Lord, I pray that you will help them to make you God of their lives, Lord, and not the hurt that they've experienced. God, I pray that your power will flow to their hearts, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you will clean out the salt that the devil have planted to keep them from growing. The bitterness, Lord, the anger, the disappointments. Lord, I ask that you will clean it all out, Lord, so that they can be brand new in you. And Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your power to fulfill your word. You were anointed, Lord, to heal the broken hearts and to set, bring liberty to those that were bruised, Lord. And Lord, right now, we accept that anointing. And we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, if that's all now, uh, we'll uh, be dismissed and we'll go on to the back and fellowship more and, and talk about uh, the things that we've heard today. All right, if that's all now, we're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.